Hi, folks. Welcome. So good to have you back again. And I'm joined by my dear friend, Martha, again. And, and I, a lot of you folks enjoyed this last week. We want to continue doing it as a, as a way not to give answers, I'm sure, but a way to just have a conversation uh, as we all navigate these really tricky waters together. So first, a, a check in. Martha, how are you doing today? I am well. Thank you for the privilege again to uh, collaborate with you in a conversation and investigation and um, how we're living into these moments. It's it's a real um, privilege to collaborate with you and have the privilege of being with your congregation. Yeah, well, thanks. And I know we feel very honored to. You have such great perspectives on things. And, and you know, what I, what I wanted to talk about that's something I, I think that's been very true for a lot of people and, and, and thinking how do we move through this are, are, you know, is around the whole topic of loss. And, and you and I were talking a little bit before, Martha, a question maybe we can ask people to hold. So I'm going to kind of play it off to you now. And just if you could set up the question just for people to hold as we have this conversation. Yeah, um, I would just invite all of us to um, settle into taking a breath and looking softly into your own life, into your own heart, and just notice perhaps the subtle losses you might be experiencing. Uh, perhaps they're nothing, quote unquote, compared to the real losses that others are having. And yet, let us have any of those losses belong here. Um, when Chuck just pitched this idea to me, I was thinking about just small losses for me. And one of the losses that maybe each of you might have that um, is a loss of privacy in my own home, just sharing space with uh, more people. And they all belong here. And yet I can hear everybody else's voices. That's a subtle loss. I could fight that it wasn't worthy of even any attention. And I just invite whoever is listening to this to just gently bring up and lay on the altar of this conversation whatever losses you might be having. Mm -hmm. Loss of time for the moms that, and dads that are at home with little ones. Um, you know, loss of business, loss of life, we're talking the gamut, and none of them are too small or too large for this time together, so. That's powerful, Martha. Yeah, I was, was thinking in how many people, like my experience over the past few weeks has been people who have smaller losses are really quick to dismiss them you know, really quick to add the, but it's, it's nothing compared to which, which I get. Right. And, and yet those small losses are really hard. And, and I know uh, for me, like they, uh, 
they sneak up in weird places. We had, you know, Easter church a couple of weeks ago and we used some music that we'd done during the Easter service and to, to see everybody's face, you know, in the crowd. And like, I just, I miss seeing people. Um, I miss. Yeah, that's, that is a real loss when you're an extrovert, Chuck. Yeah, it's, it really, it really feels like a loss. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, and I miss, I miss being able to think clearly. I, you know, I find my, my thinking's pretty muddled just from being mm. tired, you know, and feeling that, uh, that, that loss as well. well yeah, the, the, that is an interesting loss too, is uh, loss of vitality right now. Yeah, you know, I, I was listening, you had sent me something from Brene Brown, and, and she had talked about how we're kind of going through a, a corporate weariness right now. And I thought, oh, that's so true. Yeah. So, so true. Well, I'd love to, Marth, talk a bit about, you know, just um, just when we look at loss, like how how people can start to hold it. I loved what, what we had, what you talked about last week. And, and you know, we're all experienced loss on, again, on a continuum of things. And, and how, how can we sort of hold each other and hold ourselves through this loss? And, you know, not in a way that's programmatic. I don't believe like there's the three steps to, to getting through this stuff. There, there isn't, I mean, a lot of it's really hard, but, but what sort of comes to your mind? Like, yeah, with loss, like these are the pieces I would, I would start to, to start to think about maybe, maybe ways we can just hold it at the, at the shoulders. Um, one of the things that I think about with loss and then comes the word grief um, is this idea that Tara Brock talks about a lot of a lot of big hitters talk about, which is to allow mm. um, to allow whatever is occurring in your heart to be present. So when I say perhaps I have the loss of privacy, I immediately can diss myself and diss it by comparing it to real loss of life, to loss of economic stability. And that's, that's a grown-up thing. It's true. It isn't as important or as significant. And yet, if I do that, I do not allow the feelings I might have to be present. And when I say allow, I don't mean wallow. <laughs> and I also don't mean complain. Yeah. I mean, what it is a gentle way for you to just allow those feelings to bubble up maybe on a piece of paper, maybe with a close friend, and just see them. I see you. Of course, of course you feel a little agitated, Martha, when you don't have the privacy you used to have. I'm sorry. I see you, Martha. So allowing feels first and foremost to me. And the more powerful we are with allowing, the less some of that stuff spills on 
our loved ones and our co-workers you know i was thinking as you were you were saying that too how much the um you know i've been been struck by a statement somebody had which which is you know just just there's the work of our lives and there's the noise right and the noise will always be telling us that not to allow certain things you know right and that becomes its own racket you know it's it's like i, I love the idea that um you know new church bit is guilt is an emotion of hell which is like a it's a little bit of a game changer right <laughs> when you actually when you actually let that in and that wait a second you better say that again that was too quick Chuck. yeah it's, it's a pretty big one the, the guilt yeah let's uh, let's take a breath that's awesome yeah what yeah. was it guilt guilt is a is a tool as a weapon of hell so in, and I, I think about like the way guilt works is guilt kind of draws from the past, catastrophizes towards the future. Like it holds both those things. And, and what I find to be true for myself and for working people who working with people who are struggling around issues around guilt. And obviously there's, there's appropriate times, right. To feel like I shouldn't have done that, got that. But this is like the, the overwhelming stuff that doesn't allow is is I feel Martha like what it does is it it sort of collapses us in and keeps mm -hmm. us from moving. You know, people who feel really racked with guilt like literally don't move. And and that is you're saying that allow thing, you know, and to allow, I love the idea, right? It's an e motion. It's a motion. It it will move through. Uh Rilke, you know, as Nora McInerney reminded us, like no feeling is final. Right and allow wow, that's so great. Isn't that good? She, yeah. <laughs> she she did a she did a wonderful job talking about that. And that idea of, of we, we allow it to move through, and again, that's different than wallowing. Um and, and just paying attention to what are those pieces that are that are in our in our head. And one one maybe Martha, you can speak to. I, I know that was I was I think about a lot is at least for me when when things are hard and I, I start to sort of close down, I'm oftentimes playing my life through someone else's eyes, you know, and that will very quickly like pull things <laughs> in, you know, Does that make, that makes sense. I hope, I hope I'm not the only one who does that. <laughs> well, we were just talking about that in comparing our um, losses yeah. to each other. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's a value in comparison only when it's in recognition of another's path yeah. but in terms of making yourself wrong or bad or right and glorious either ones not the place we want to live yeah well it's it's a beautiful way to say it Martha um and one that's one that's been on my mind a lot as well, like with looking at this allowing and and uh, you know not not comparing other people's guilt, not comparing other people's guilt, comparing other people's loss, etc. Is is you know a lot of people are grieving through the love through the loss of a loved one or uh, you know a, a cherished person in their life, and 
um, you know, that this is a particularly hard time, I think, for that because all our normal rituals aren't there anymore. You know, um, even the friend stopping over with a casserole to sit and hold your hand on the couch is not there anymore in the, in the same way. And what are you, what are your kind of thoughts around that, Arthur, as we, as we wrestle with some of these, these bigger losses, um, that are just hard and where, where all those rhythms that we're used to having. And again, I think of it like a pastor, you know, it's, it's like, it's hard. It's hard. Cause I'm used to like, this is how, this is how it's supposed to go. And this is the rhythm. And, and it's almost like a rite of passage almost, you know, we have certain things set up to do that. And those things aren't there anymore. And yeah. And so just when, when I'm talking about that, like what thoughts sort of come to your mind around that? Well, one thing is um, just that make space that we're all disoriented. Yeah. Um, as I said last time, we're new at this, but we're also new at this level of disorientation. And I'm going to stop you there, Martha. <laughs> Let's take a breath on that on that one because that. That's big that we're new at this level of disorientation. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday and just talking about this place that feels unmoored. Yeah. And um, I just, I can't speak enough about that. If the daily rhythms of our lives, if the way we deal with our feelings are, for instance, I would in general get with a friend and just let myself have feelings. That doesn't work so well on Zoom. Yeah. Um, it feels disconnected. So it's disorienting to me to know where I go, what I do, how I handle this. And you talk about that in a micro level. You know, people aren't seeing their families, their kids, their friends. They're not getting to their AA meetings in person. They're not seeing their congregation. Um, and they've ratcheted up that anxiety, the intensity of finances, the intensity of health of loved ones. So basically what a perfect storm yeah. of disorientation. And um, it would be ridiculous for us to think we, you and I, even have anything to offer. Right, right. <laughs> Like, hey, people, it's a disorienting time. Yeah. Are you making enough gentleness? Are you making enough place where you pause and have prayer? Mm. And just higher power, I'm powerless over how disoriented I feel. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that, you know, just thinking about, not that I love disorientation, but I do love that word. And it's, it's so true. And it's like, I, I know I even searched the news looking for the answer, you know, looking for the, show me the timeline, you know, and, and, 
and there, there just there just isn't there just isn't that kind of thing that I, I had sorry I just am remembering one other thing today we're talking about loss today on NPR um, they interviewed this beautiful couple who just had their first baby and um, apparently there was a pre interview a few weeks ago with them anyway the woman had to have a scheduled cesarean because of the COVID thing. They had a cesarean and within a half an hour, her fever spiked. And they thought it was something to do with the cesarean. And just out of good conscience, the doctor said, well, we better check you. And she turned out to have COVID. And wow. anyway, so her husband is gone home. The three of them actually got to go home because the husband and the baby didn't have it. And he is caring for a brand new baby and his wife in isolation. She is recovering from mm. a massive surgery mm. and pumping to give this baby breast milk. Anyway, just we have to allow for how disorienting and the loss yeah. of what they thought their first baby's birth would be like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you talk about disorientation. <laughs> like that's disorientation on every level, including on what does it mean to be a spouse and a parent in this moment. You know, as, as you're saying that, like, and I'm thinking, of course, you've you've rehearsed that script of taking that baby home for the first time for years. And then all of a sudden, like, here's here's the you know, life. What shift. a heartbreaker, right? Yeah. yeah. The heartbreak and yet the joy, the mama was saying the heartbreak and the joy that they're okay and that the husband can take care of this new baby and the loss. And yeah. it's just all so mixed up. It's, it's so mixed up. You know, one of the ones I was thinking about with that is the idea of like, um, an idea of, of how do we find meaning in that, right? And And, and I think, you know, this, this one, actually, it was, it was a podcast you and I both enjoyed by Brene Brown talking about meaning and loss. And, and, and I thought the point was really well taken that it's so hard to like, look at the event and say, okay, so, so that event with that woman, right? Like, what's the meaning of this event, you know? Hmm. And, and the, the author who Brene Brown was talking to made a great point. And he said, no, our, our job is to shift our focus and get that Let's not look for the meaning in the event. That's let's get that these people's lives. This can make me a little choked up. You know that, that these people's take lives. Take a minute. Take a minute. Let your people get with us. Yeah. That these people's lives are meaningful. Wow. You know, and like, if we're all only concerned about how do we find the meaning in this event, we might miss it. But if we can shift and just go, oh, these people's lives, that mama, that precious baby, that dad, those lives are meaningful. 
that's where I think we come home. You know, that that's where I think it happens. <laughs> well, it was. Uh, Listen to that word, Chuck. Yeah. Meaning full, full, full of meaning. meaning. Chills, Martha, as you're saying that. Full of meaning. And you know what? I think last week we talked about this, but one of the things that's actually causing me to feel agitated is when I keep hearing people say, what's the lesson? What's the lesson? What's the, you know, what does God want us to know? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't think God's like really standing up there saying, do you get the message? Like my merciful God has none of that for any of us right now. Mm -hmm. Not because each of us have a life full of meaning. Mm. And I really, really think, particularly with loss, it is a super slippery slope to say, what's the message I'm supposed to get from this? Especially when you're in it. Yeah. Five years from now, maybe Pastor Chuck can talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And what Pastor Chuck would be would ask would be, what do you think it is anyways, you know? Yep. And maybe he'd be smart enough to say, it is yours, not mine. Right. So whatever it is for you. It's for you. That you got the higher power in you that's working with you. You you figure that out. It, it was interesting, you know, just yesterday I got a got a very uh sad email from someone who had who had read something sort of about God's giving us a lesson and they they were like totally um unsettled by it. And you know, like Chuck, like is this really how God works? You know, essentially saying, is this really how God works? And, and I, you know, like, like to me, it's just a real straight equation, right? We love our kids. You love your three. I love my five. Like, we just love our kids. Anybody watching this, just, we're absolutely crazy about our kids. Would you ever give your kids an illness intentionally to teach them a lesson? And I, like, I mean, it's abhorrent to even think that 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 could be possible and i think of god's love like where does our love for a parent as a parent that would never do that come from it comes from god <laughs> like you know like so so it, it's 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 a divine impossibility for that for there to be kind of that lesson thing and and you know what there is a possibility for is holding things with mercy and and i know i've shared this with you before right but we might have some people who aren't aware of this but i i think it's so beautiful this idea of mercy and, and the Hebrew word for mercy means womb-like mother love. Is that, is that good? Like, and, I, and I just think, yeah, that's how God kind of holds us, you know, like God with us in these times. And, it's and a, what if we were holding ourselves up? Mm-hmm. The word after meditation yesterday for me came gentle. Mm. And that is womb-like. Yeah, absolutely is. Why are you feeling agitated about blah, 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 Martha? Oh, how could I be gentle? Of course I might feel some agitation. Can I bring 
mercy to myself, to others, to my spouse, to my child, to my neighbor. You know, as you're, as you're saying that too, I was thinking just even with the lilt of your, your language there, I was working with somebody today who's, who's uh, facing the loss of a loved one. And, and they said, you know, this, this person they were talking about, they always brought me back to the moment. You know, I thought, right, Mark, like when we do those things you just said, like that gentle, like gentle always brings us back down to the moment. And, and mercy always brings us right back down to the moment, which is where life is, right? You know, that's, it's how do we bring it down to this, to this moment? And especially times like this that feel, for me, so disorienting and just as i mentioned last week any time that it's disoriented I, I go into super planner mode and and that's that that doesn't work terribly well in circumstances that are this this disorienting right you know and i even you know i had the smile you know i had this oh we're gonna get this big strategic plan going for the next six months and i said look i'm gonna try to figure out the next four weeks what what we're doing and that's 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 enough you know just sort of pull it down to pull it down to this. Okay. Yeah, and I think that just highlights even most of us in terms of dealing with loss or grief or tension. You know, there's the loss of control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even people who are super well put together are feeling a huge loss of control like they don't know we don't know yeah and most of us are new at living in the present moment <laughs> <laughs> so that's super uncomfortable and you strip away the typical rituals like getting up and leaving your house to go to work by having a casserole come if you've had a loss or a new baby you strip away all those rituals we've kept that keep us moored. Yeah. It is a perfect storm of preciousness for us to give up that we know much <laughs> and be willing to be perhaps in the discomfort. I don't know. When, when I really surrender, something happens in my body yeah yeah but i i can't force myself to surrender have you tried that yeah Mar <laughs> I, I totally get that it just it just is like it's it's this i love the idea you know the idea where god says you know the spirit comes no like the wind we don't know where it comes from we don't know where it goes and that's sort of what happens is i feel like just i'll have a moment where it's just like ah. Oh, there it is. And that's really my, my feeling. It's like, oh, there it is. And I think one of the things when, when we talk about this and enter into a conversation, there is practices, there are practices that help with the possibility of surrender more fully and more fully. And what prayer, would you like prayer, to... meditation, um, nutrition, you know, exercise. I don't know. Different people have different things. Yeah. 
And yet, none of those even guarantee that feeling of surrender. And I think that's one of the things to just be gentle with is knowing that that breeze of the divine may come in an unusual moment. Yeah. And it might come after you've blown your stack with somebody. (laughs) And you might just be like, wow, I'm so out of control and powerless. Yeah. And all of a sudden that breeze shows up and says, I got you. Yeah. When was the last time, was a time recently where you had that? Do you have one that comes to mind that? Um, I, yesterday, actually, (laughs) um, there was, uh, feeling in me that just had me super jammed up and I late yesterday went down and made a fire in our fire pit pulled up a chair and just sat and watched the flame Mm. and I allowed I allowed tears to just flow I allowed myself to feel the feelings of hopeless and not enough and <clears throat> and it was messy yeah. and then the breeze came mm. and the voice of I'm here in this flame there's no place to get there's nothing to do be present it's a crisp evening. Feel the breeze on your skin. Mm. And I didn't create that, but I did allow and I did make really sweet choices about what nurtures me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love fires. I don't know if any of you all do, but. Notice the things that feed you at the micro level. Do them. Because there is a lot of loss. Each of you, each one of you is moving through. Perhaps your kids aren't graduating. Perhaps you can't see grandchildren. Perhaps you're having a loss of mobility or financially they're real mm. tender gentle allowing i think what do you think chuck i i, I totally get it and that uh I, it's something i talk about all the time you know the bible the word for wind breath and god it's all the same word and and uh that's you know, cool isn't that cool it's the word spiritus you know it's and you know and i I just love that idea. Like it just moves where it will. And and so I, I find it as many people do in nature, you know, and I was out, out hiking uh, last week and, uh, or on Monday, I take a sort of a Sabbath on Monday and I was out hiking and I'm going along my heads like a million miles an hour. And then I look down and there's this tiny little orange salamander. <laughs> and it was just like this instant, like, Oh, there it is. 
you know, and I didn't need to do anything else, but just, I mean, salamanders are, they're beautiful little animals, you know, and, and it, I, again, so funny how like this one little, little tiny reptilian thing can just, or just like fire can just pull us into that moment. And there's a gentleness and there's a, there's a mercy and, and, uh, oh, Martha, who's the one who has the quote, um, all will be well in all manner of well. I think that's Teresa. <laughs> you can't count okay. on me on these All right, my, my Catholic friends out there will have to let me know whether I got that right. It's all will be well in all manner of well. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, you know, that's, that's that moment, like all will be well in all manner of well. Yeah, I think that is such a beautiful, just in conclusion, um, to remember that we don't even know what well looks like even now. (laughs) Right. Right. And our past comparisons of what well is. Like, does it mean you're going to feel great and connected to God every moment? No, you're really probably pretty disoriented and can a beautiful orange salamander awaken you Yeah, right. to all is well in this moment, in this moment. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to say it, a beautiful way to conclude. Martha, can't thank you enough again. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And thank you. Bless all of you that are out there walking through the new territory of this life. So thank you for the privilege. Well, thank you, Mark. Take care. Take care.